2: I went to a meeting, and after I was there about 10 minutes, all the pastors down front were laying on the floor, just screaming and praying. I walked right out of the door. And I saw marriages destroyed over and over again. You know what happened? I never spoke about it in the church. It was close to us. I just kept teaching the Word of God. Numbers of people, after that was a disaster, marriages broken up. They started coming to where the church is teaching the Word of God.
0: In the last 50 years or so, there have seemed to be a lot of shiny flashes in the pan that have popped up in the church. They've distracted people, promising a shortcut to spiritual maturity. Instead, these charlatans have caused people to wreck their faith and brought dishonor to the name of Christ. Pastor Mark will be teaching about how important it is to be firmly grounded in God's Word. You'll find out what your responsibility is as a member of God's family, the body of Christ. As you learn what it means to mature in Christ, you'll understand better how you can benefit your local church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Walking in Unity, Maturity, Stability, and Integrity.
1: Your lessons
2: for As I'm growing in my walk with God, my spiritual maturity is directly related to Jesus, my role model. Now, will I ever have the character of Jesus? No. Will I think perfectly like Jesus? No. Will I be able to heal everybody? No. But I can grow in all of those aspects. Look at the word knowledge in verse 13. That knowledge doesn't mean head knowledge. It's a word that's used starting in the Bible with Adam and Eve. It's the word of Adam knew Eve. It's intimacy. It's a sexual intimacy. But in this sense, it's an intimacy that I have a personal relationship with. Well, are you a Christian? Oh, sure, I believe in God. Do you have a personal relationship with him? What are you talking about? That's the difference. See, spiritual maturity is achieved by knowing and doing the word of God. Because outside of here, we're to represent Jesus to our world. Now, if I'm growing like that, I'm becoming more like Jesus. What is not only the benefit of that? Here's a warning from Paul. If I'm not growing, then we will be immature like children. So he was talking to people. Of course, he did it in Corinthians. And the book of Hebrews mentions the same thing. He's talking to people who used to grow. And they just kind of put status quo. Saved, satisfied, and stuck. No more growth. Just come to church once in a while. That's pretty much it. But there's no growth. So notice what he calls them. Immature like children. And we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. So Paul warns believers who've kind of grown cold, walked away from God. They're spiritually immature. He says to them, you need to grow up and mature. Otherwise, you're going to be susceptible to false teaching. Every wind of doctrine, all kinds of stuff that comes. You'll be unstable. You'll be rootless. You'll be without direction and susceptible to manipulation. That's why he used that word equip. Come on, get right with God again. Quit being a baby. So here's the third thing you want to write. This is an indicator of spiritual growth. A healthy church. Number three, spiritual stability is to stand firm and live by the truth of God's word. See, it's not just knowing the word. It's living by it. It's doing it. Now, why are these believers that he's talking to spiritually babies? Why are they that? Well, there's lots of reasons. But one of the reasons, I'll show you what it is. When you think of a baby, the focus of that baby is on who? Is it on you? The focus of that baby, a three-month-old baby, is the focus on that baby on you? Who's the focus on? The baby. Feed me. Change me. Am I right? What's the focus of an immature believer? It's all about me. Do you know our world? We used to take group pictures. Do you remember that? All kinds of stuff, group pictures. What do we do now? You say, Pastor Mark, like, I don't know what you're talking about. What world are you in? Anybody here ever take a selfie? Yeah. You say, well, I never take a selfie. I look at the group pictures. If you take a group picture, who's the first picture you're going to look at? You. Cut that sucker out of there. I'm not you're going You're not putting that out there with me. <laughs> Am I right? So what is the first sign that you're not going? It's all about us. Ooh, pretty hard, isn't it? Pastor Mark, if I'm going to have to serve, it's going to cost me my time. That's why it's called work. Of course it is. There's lots of reasons to look at that. And it goes back to that selfishness that we all have as part of our nature. And here's another one. I'll just say it very quickly. The average person in the United States now, Europe is way worse. England is way worse. Scotland's way worse. But the average person in the United States, pretty much evangelical churches, all kinds of churches, they go maybe once every two or three weeks to church, at best, at best. Many of them now go once every four weeks. Now, let me ask you a question. If my... Spiritual growth is directly related to being under the sound of the word, the teaching of a pastor teacher. If I go one out of every four weeks to church, is there a problem? Okay, five of you agree. The rest of you don't care. That's because you come whenever you feel like it. But the Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, we're not here to put a stamp on you four weeks in a row. Let's bless these people. Wow, this is fantastic. I'm trying to tell you something. The cares of this world will dilute your spiritual growth because, well, I don't really have time to come this weekend. Make time. Put God first. Not every week. We all have things. But understand, that's what happens to our world. And you know, when that continues to happen, look at Europe, look at England. Now the churches are basically totally empty. Why? Because they become children that only care about themselves. Now, when you see that happening, the biggest danger of spiritual immaturity is related to Satan in his lies. He gets us busy, not doing bad things. He just gets us busy. Satan loves immature, inactive Christ followers. Why does he love those kind of people? Because they're only about themselves. They don't care about unbelievers. They don't care about their walk with God. I'm fine. I'm on status quo. I'm on maintenance mode. I don't need to grow. Satan goes, good. I don't have to worry about you. See ya. The only people he's after are people... That are working for God because they're going to make a what an impact. They're going to make an impact for the world, for Jesus Christ. So he hates it. Look at what this verse says. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. See, Paul said, if you're immature, you're always going to be looking for something new and fresh. I won't take a lot of time with this. I'm going to do it very quickly. But I've been a Christian for so many years. This year, in October, I've been a Christian 70 years. But here's the mistake we make. We think spiritual maturity has to do with our age of being a believer. Wrong. That doesn't make me better than a person that's a Christian 10 years. They may be way more spiritually mature than me. Do you get it? So you can't look at your age and go, wow. No, I have to keep working at it, asking God to help me to grow. Now, in the church, one of the roles I gave you is the pastor, teacher, is to guard the sheep. Ever since I was a young child and I was in the church and I watched, I didn't really understand it then, but I do now. From time to time, it happens every three, four, five, seven years. Here comes a new special thing. And people run everywhere from the stable church that's teaching the word. They run everywhere looking for miracles, looking for weird stuff happening. My dad was a pastor. And when the prosperity false doctrine came that everybody can be rich, you'll never be sick. God blesses everybody perfectly. Just get it. It just destroyed the church. We had people going to uh, actually morgues and praying for people to get live out of the already embalmed. Come back to life. How stupid is that? Now, do we know God still heals today? Amen. But don't go weird with it. And by the way, you're not going to be rich. You think the prosperity gospel works in Haiti today? Give me a break. But does God provide our needs? Yes, he does. That's just one. Here's another one. Anybody of you ever remember the laughing revival in the United States? I won't mention people's names. Here's what you do when you went into church. It went crazy in the Christian church. Here's what you do when you went into church. In <laughs> the whole church. Can you imagine if I ask you to laugh for the next 30 minutes? And a believer come to church the first time. They're like, this is as quick as I can get up. <laughs> and does that make God look good? No, it spread like wildfire. When we started this church... The so called Toronto Blessing came in. And the Toronto Blessing was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. I went to one of the meetings. I said, I'm never going back. People would sit in their church, came here to Melbourne, came, it's all over the, it was all over the world, England. And you'd come to the church, and you'd just say, Oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and basically what I said to those people, show me in the scripture where I'm supposed to cock-a-doodle-do. <laughs> now, see, we laugh, but those people were serious. And they would fall on the floor. I went to a meeting, and after I was there about 10 minutes, all the pastors down front were laying on the floor, just screaming and praising. I walked right out of the door. And I saw marriages destroyed. Over and over again. You know what happened? I never spoke about it in the church. It was close to us. I just kept teaching the Word of God. Numbers of people, after that was a disaster, marriages broken up, they started coming to where the church is teaching the Word of God. You got it? A worse one was a few years ago. It was over in Lakeland, and it was all over. CNN called me and said, we want to visit you. We want to hear what you think of the Lakeland revival. And it was a man and supposedly had the gift of healing and all these churches from all over the world. They just flew in like crazy. And all these signs were done. People getting healed. We find out later almost every single one of them was a fake. And then they found out that this man was having Sex with all kinds of people at the end of every surface. CNN never even came to me because it was exposed. I spoke; I had never done before in 25 years. I spoke; I felt from God. I have to; I have to protect the sheep. And I, I taught two weeks, not against a man, but about what was happening. I thought, because see, I'm here with a responsibility from God. I have to tell you the truth. I'm not perfect, but I knew that was not from God. Now, some of our people left. They got mad at me, and they left. Most of them returned and came to me and said, I'm sorry. I was stupid. Many others didn't. I can't help you, but I want you to know I'm far from perfect. Our pastors are far from perfect, but when it doesn't match up with this, we're not going after wild stuff. Amen? All right. So we see what's happening there. I learned this a long time ago from somebody. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. Amen. Right there it is. There it is. Now, here's what I want you to do. Look at Colossians 2. Look at it. Let your roots, talking spiritually, go down into him. It's your relationship with God. It's the stake I'm talking about. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow. Strong in the truth. You were taught. If you're not here, you can't be taught the word of God by a pastor teacher. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture. He's talking about what I just talked to you about. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy is high sounding nonsense. It comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So how do we protect from that kind of stuff? How do we protect from the world squeezing us into the way it thinks? Here it is. Look at second Timothy. Paul had the same problem in those days. Watch this. Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Now look at this challenge to a pastor. Patiently correct. Patiently rebuke. And encourage your people with good teaching. That's our goal. We're far from good. But you will find that this word will find good soil in you, and it will help you grow. Now, look at verse 3 and 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Melbourne, look at me right now. That time is now. You can go to churches all over the world, and you will not hear biblical teaching. You will hear people say, well, it says this, but it really means this. You have to understand, we are so much secular today instead of born again, trusting the word of God. Be careful. When your idea doesn't match the Bible, you're wrong. Because the Bible is always true. Now look what happens. Look what that looks like. Look at the rest of this. If I don't listen to sound biblical teachers, they will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. There are plenty of churches today say, come on in, whatever you like, go for it. That's not biblical. They will reject the truth. Whoa. And chase after myths. See, we believe God's word is inspired and totally true. The church can never delude or deny the word of God, but it must teach it as all truth. I want you to write this down in your Bibles, because this is not going to get better. This was happening 2,000 years ago, but it's going to get worse. Write this down in your Bible. The Bible must be read, believed, and practiced as the final authority. Has nothing to do with this church. Has to do with the Bible in every area of my life. See, people today want to pick and choose. Oh, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. Sorry. It's truth. God's word is all true. You either believe it or you don't believe it. But see, we get deceived. Satan does that. He's the great deceiver. Well, you're picking on people in their lifestyle. What did Jesus say? Go and sin no more. Doesn't matter what the lifestyle was. We have to understand the word of God is our final authority. It doesn't mean... Now, think about this. Jesus was like that. A very rich man came to Jesus called Nicodemus. He was Jewish. He was brilliant. He loved God. You know what Jesus said to him? You got to be born again. You're not right with God. And so he was truthful, but he was loving when he did it. Now, look at verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love. We will in all things grow up unto him who is the head, that is Christ. Here's our last indicator. Number four, spiritual integrity is speaking the truth and love together. Now, that sounds easy, but it's not. We see this in our marriage. Sometimes we speak the truth, but we don't speak it in love. Then we have to apologize. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Understand, most of us, we know that we're going to, I might even not mention something maybe in the home that my wife's bothering me with or whatever. I just won't tell her the truth because I don't want to hurt her. No, really, you have to tell the truth because it needs to be told in love. Again, our role model is Jesus. As we use our gifts and engage in serving others, we speak the truth in love. Paul, as we do that, Paul says, you're growing You're growing and growing. Now, what's the end result of those four indicators? Look here, verse 16. He, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, that's you, that's me, does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We understand that. All of us have been gifted by the grace of God. One more time. Look at me. Every pastor needs the people. They cannot do the church without you. I can't do it here in Melbourne without you. TJ can't do it. NVA with you. Pastor David can't do it without you. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being part of the body. It's wonderful. I need you. Every one of you. But one more thing. You need me. I've been given the gift to shepherd this congregation. TJ to shepherd Vera. David to shepherd Sebastian. We're under shepherds. We just try to follow the shepherd. I need you and you need me. But we all need God. You got it? That's why we're family. Because we're part of one body. Some growing, some not so much growing. As all that happens. now Let me just say this to you. Thank you again for being people of action. You're not sitting out there with your baseball cap on. You're people of action, of faith, determination. Thanks for using your gifts helping make our campuses spiritually healthy. Get ready. I'm going to leave you with these two things. Get ready, because we heard from God last week an updated version of 2005 prophecy he gave us to speak to you. It had nothing to do with me. He just spoke it through me. Here's what I want you to write down today. Make room in your thinking for God. A year ago, we would have never talked to you about a new church opening in Sebastian for us. Never. Five months ago, we'd have never talked. God's been working on it for a long time. Make room in your relationship with that. Use your gift. Watch what happens next. God is able to do fresh and bigger things in and through us for his glory. Don't ever underestimate God. He's able. He's already at work. Get with it. In your prayer, say, God, just give me a new vision to work and minister with these people.
0: Pastor Mark, in today's message, presented you with quite a challenge. Actually, the Bible offered the challenge, which is to follow Jesus' model in character and behavior. Pastor Mark explained that if you do this, that you can become the properly functioning member of the body of Christ you are intended to be. You were encouraged to deepen your relationship with Jesus. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This completes the teaching, Walking in Unity, Maturity, Stability, and Integrity. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a brand new message called, Walking in Holiness and Purity. You'll learn the difference in thinking between the believer and the unbeliever. You'll also learn that God has plans for you. In fact, he's had them since before the beginning of time, and they're good plans. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry